Hello, I'm Andrew Cotter, and welcome to Life on Tour, presented by Hilton, a podcast where, with each episode, we tell you the story of someone closely associated with the game of golf. Now, our subjects are not always players. We've chatted with and heard from caddies and officials and anybody who's made their mark in the game. The common connection is that they love golf and they have great stories to tell. So for this episode, our subject is Niall Horan, a man who's achieved huge success, worldwide fame as a member of One Direction and somebody who's long been passionate about golf. His management company is starting to make a real impact in the game, handling talents such as the Italian Guido Migliozzi and promoting a challenge tour event in Northern Ireland. Now, I wasn't able to make this chat largely because of a restraining order placed upon me dating back to One Direction days. We don't need to talk about it. An incident in Barcelona. All water under the bridge. But Kirsty Gallagher went along to talk all things golf with Niall Horan in Life on Tour. This is the European Tour's Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Hello and welcome to the European Tour's Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton with me, Kirsty Gallagher, bringing you conversations with key figures from around the world of golf. Now, today we're at the Hilton on Park Lane in London. I'm very delighted to say we've been joined by one of the most recognisable names in all of music. He just so happens to also be golf mad and a great friend of mine. He is none other than Mr. Niall Horan. Welcome, Hello, Niall. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm very good, thank you. Firstly, before we talk about all other things, golf, music, uh, let's talk about what you were launching today, which is the ISPS Handa World Invitational mm-hmm. for Men and Women. Brilliant event mm-hmm. in August. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, we as a company have been vol- involved with the NI Open, as it was called, um, on the Challenge Tour for the last four years. Um, it got to the point where we felt like we really needed to take it to the next level and do something different. Over the years, we've tried different things. We've changed the format. You know, we had a more of a match play Sunday type thing one time. You know, and they were just little innovative ideas that we thought would work and, and did. Mm. Uh, we pulled 45,000 through the gates one year, uh, which was insane for a Challenge Tour event. But it just felt like we needed to go to the next level to take everything to the next level, you know. So we got involved with ISPS Handa. Um, Dr. Handa has been involved in golf for like 30 years or something like that and he's he's been a key figure in growing the game in terms of disabled golf blind golf a ladies golf men's golf everything he's he's been mm. involved in all f- corners of it and uh, I'm glad that he chose t- to work with us yeah. and because he clearly we clearly share the same vision in terms of how we can grow the game and the way I look at it is if you can grow women's golf you can grow golf yeah um and I share the same vision with him on that and we got together and now we're having a, a four-day, 72-hole stroke play event that uh, consists of both men and women with a shared equal price fund, which is how we're we're going to change the game, I think. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And Mm. obviously, we were with Keith Pelley, Mm -hmm. uh, chief executive of, of obviously, the European Tour. Um, It is a very exciting time, isn't it, for for women's golf and also for us to be, or you to be embracing this. No, it's it's a huge time for women's golf. As I say, if you can change women's golf, you can change golf. And it really, we really need to pick the game up. Um, it, I think it's got a bit of a stigma around it for the last few years, but with the quality of golfer out there, both on the ladies' and men's side, this sport is going to grow. Mm. And I'm glad that we're here mm. you know, at the start of that. And obviously you love golf. We'll get on to that in just a moment. But you're, you, know, you own Modest Golf Management. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very much involved in that. What was it that made you think this is what I want to do? We need to kind of sort of get into golf and do do more for youngsters. And you know, what was it that sort of sparked that in, in your brain? 
Well, I suppose spending a bit of time around the players, you know, knowing the boys that I do know and, you know, going to tournaments in the European Tour or, you know, even going down to Wentworth or, you know, for the BMW or things like that. I would always, you know, hear, not from the horse's mouth, but kind of like, you know, you'd hear, like, he's not happy with his management mm. and they're not, like, booking him flights and he doesn't know where he's playing on Tuesday afternoon and, you know, for a Thursday start. And I was just thinking to myself, I, coming from the management that I have, those things are not even thought about. Mm. That's just that, that's just part and parcel of what we do. And I just thought to myself, I want to see golf succeed mm. and I want to be in, involved in a young player's career from the start because if one of my players goes on to win a major championship or whatever, being there from the start when they were unranked or just leaving college or just leaving their amateur career would be a, a great feeling for me. And yeah. um, over the last kind of six Eight weeks, it feels like it's really taken a, a turn for the better, yeah. Yeah, tell, tell us more about your your golfers and, and your winners as well. I mean, Guido winning the Kenyan Open, mm. so, so many fantastic things happening. I mean, and, and also, you're really mu- very much in the infancy of your company still. Mm. Two years on, is it? Yeah, just just coming up on three, I think. Um, and when you start out, you've no idea how it's going to go. You know, we obviously have the right people in place to make sure we scout the right types of players. We know what we want as a, as a you know, from a business model uh, standpoint. What is because, that though? What 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 is that? Well, initially it was we wanted young lads who were unranked who we could get off the ground, get them invites, you know, sort them out on the easier stuff, make sure that they, they don't have to worry about anything else apart from you know hitting balls and, and winning tournaments. Um, we look after the rest for them, mm. and I feel like we've stuck stuck by that. We've got our players' opportunities. We've got a great relationship with the European Tour, as you can see, and we wanted hard working young lads that were going to put in time and effort to be in the best they can be and I feel like we've got that and as I say in, in the last eight weeks it feels like it's really taken a turn because we've had mm. three big wins Great. we've had a European Tour win we've had a Challenge Tour win we've had a Symmetra Tour win for the for Leona uh, and it really now feels like and you know having things like this with, with uh, Dr Handa you know it's going to be it's, it feels like it's making a, a turn for the best, mm, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Really brilliant. Well done. Um, so just tell us how you got into, sort of started loving golf. I mean, was it from being a child watching it on TV? Yeah, with t- your... Tiger, really. When I was probably in the eight or nine, 10, 11, 12, 10 of that, there were the years where Tiger was at his most, most dominant and he was on fire. And it was hard not to like golf in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. There were so many great players and he was, he was all over it. Um... My my grandmother had like a little like pitch and putt area neck near her house, and I, there was like a barbed wire fence. I used to get my putter in a wedge and jump through the through the ditch and into the into the golf course and <laughs> knock a few balls around the summer and stay out until the late evenings. And then when I got a little bit older, I was probably thirteen, fourteen, or something like that. A few of my mates just after we left primary school, we were going into secondary school, and we and we joined our local golf club. I think it was ninety euros or something like yeah. that to, to join it um and then we just then i just became a proper lover mm. of the game we were playing there was tournaments on we could play and there was we were playing 36 a day you know with our mates and uh i'm just having a bit of a laugh and kind of matured me in a way that i didn't think i was mm. you know the, the values that come with the game kind of shaped the way i am now i guess mm, mm. and and obviously Watching Tiger recently, you were there at the Masters when yeah. when he won again. I mean, it's yeah. all come full circle. Wasn't that magnificent? It was insane. <laughs> I sadly had to leave. Um, I, was, I go away with Justin Rose after the tournament every year, and Justin didn't have the week he wanted, and and sadly missed the cut. Mm. But uh, he was. We were sat. We were sat in his house, and we were watching uh, Tiger win. And you know, we all we both had we all had tears rolling down our face. It was such a it was such a big moment. It was my, 
by far and away my favourite sporting moment of all time. Oh yeah. Um, watching him there, seeing the sheer joy on his face of knowing what he's done over the last mm. two years to come back from. I mean, difficult, three years ago, difficult he was on, times. Yeah. Crazy. Three years ago, he was on on a surgery on an operating table having spinal fusion surgery, and now mm. he's got one of the fastest club head mm. speeds on tour, and he's after winning the Masters. So I mean, it's just. It's an epic comeback and uh, one I 100% won't be forgetting. Yeah, absolutely. And we love the Masters, don't we? Because I mm-hmm. met you at the Masters in 2015. We, we love the Masters. It's my favourite tournament. And, and yeah. just being there, it's just the magic of Augusta, isn't it? You can't really describe it, can you? Sorry, I'm clicking the place down here. Um, <laughs> Please be careful. No, uh, it's just there's something special about that place mm. that I think people can tell by watching it on TV, but you don't really get that until no. you walk through the gates or something Everything is pristine. It, as I said before, it literally looks like someone's gone around with yeah. the scissors and cut yeah. every piece of Hoover grass. Hoover and scissors and various <laughs> other things. I watched, I, I, obviously my dad being a golfer, mm. it's, it's slightly different because I, it was sort of in my blood. But the Masters was my, as a child, we just sat there all four days watching, you know, the Masters. Yeah. just Because it just looks magnificent. It's, and there was always a great win and a great story. and The roars, know. the roars oh. around the course. You can hear them roars. It's such a hollow place. that Brilliant. If you're seven holes away, you can hear the roar and and that real like, especially yeah. for like a Phil or a Tiger or something yeah. like that. They really get behind them. Um, just when you go through the gates, the, the maddest thing for me, I think everyone says that when they go, is how undulating it is. Yes. Like it's, I think from the top of the clubhouse to the tenth fairway, which is only about five hundred, six hundred yards, like mm. the height of the Eiffel Tower. It's like mm. proper. I remember watching it on TV this year. We didn't go in maybe on Thursday afternoon or something like that. And I remember saying to the boys we were watching with, I was like, what hole is that? Yeah. Because it's actually unrecognisable. Yeah. And I know that course inside yeah. out. Well, I can no, walk I know. around it. But I, Completely different when you watch when it. When you watch this, How it's funny. mad. And uh, it's just, I can't even like to, I've been lucky enough to play the place yeah. a couple of times and it's just the most epic place in yeah. the world, especially for a golf nut like us. Oh, you know? it is. What was it like playing Augusta? Mind-blowing, really. Every time I think about it, I feel I actually feel bad saying it because I know what it's like to be a golf nut and really want to play Augusta National. Uh, the first time I played it, I played it... A, <laughs> this is how bad I feel. I, feel. I played it a few times. I'd feel bad saying it. Um, <laughs> it's boy. absolutely epic. It never will ever get old. And that is like... I, I don't go on many holidays, but I, that, the Masters is my one. Mm. And I, this is my fifth year in a row. I love mm. it. Um, you arrive in, the gates open... Drive down Magnolia Lane at a snail's pl- a snail's pace. <laughs> yeah, of it's just the overhanging trees. Yeah. Seeing the clubhouse at the end. It's it, if I could walk it every time, and, and I was allowed, I would. It's just an amazing feeling to think about all the greats that have driven down there. Pull up outside. You, you know they get your bags, have your golf clubs already on the tee or on the range when you get there. You stay on site. Your bags are set up in your room. They'd go to every single detail that you can imagine. Mm. If you, I don't know. I just I can't even think of some of the stuff that just. It's pretty an amazing place to, to go and play golf. Um, not as stuffy as people think, actually. No. I think people have this idea that Augusta National is quite stuffy. But I it's agree a, with it's that. A, it's actually really, mm. really inviting and welcoming. Um, hitting balls in the range, you're just so nervous. Oh, the first tee beckons. First tee, ah! And it is the hard, one of the harder <laughs> tee shots in golf, actually. Um, first tee shots, getting up on the first tee, hands like shaking like mad, uh, hoping that you hit the fairway. Um, the first round we played... I just spent the whole day just walking around in awe, you know, that mm. I was standing on the fairway and not outside the ropes and kind of like picturing where people had hit certain shots from yeah. every year, hitting that tiger shot from the back of 16 where he just rolled the ball mm. and never chipped in. 
um, Bubba's shot out of trees and ten. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Just random oh. shots that you've always mm-hmm. wanted to hit, and you get the chance to to do so. Just walking around, just in awe of the place. Um, then you get into it a little bit more, and and last time I actually played quite well. I was probably played the round of my life, and it happened to be at Augusta National. I was standing on the, I was standing on the the 18th tee with 78 on the card, and then wow, double bogey the last, of course, because oh. um, I had that in my brain. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it mustn't do it. Yeah, yes, do it. definitely did it. I had oh. some great moments. I birdied 14, birdied six. I was on course for like some one, some of the best golf I've ever played in my life, and it happened to be around that place. Fantastic. And then who did you up. play with? I'm trying to think who you played with. My cousin Willie. Yeah, my and, friend. Yeah, and, uh, and Mark Mack. <laughs> and a member that looks after us, a local uh, Atlantic guy. He uh, brings us every year. That's right. And, yeah. Um, his daughters are fans, and I bring them to our show and stuff. Um, How fantastic! But it's great. I, I, like going there. It's just it's it's hard to describe unless you've been there, really. Yeah, it and is. It's, yeah. It's, it's an epic place, and I'm I hopefully. I'd be gone for many years, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... it's we'll have to get you back. Else. You haven't been in a few. Yeah, no, I, I definitely deserve a trip back <laughs> next year. I know, and the par three competition is brilliant, isn't it? It's a great start to the whole event, and you caddied, of course, for Rory. We don't talk about that. Well, you... That was the first time we met. Yeah, that... I fell over in Literally the first... Literally. Hey, you know, I didn't fine. mention it, OK? I didn't mention you that. You said, oh, no, Niall. Yeah, and I said, became, and then, yeah. That became the whole thing, and since then I haven't been able to get away with it. So basically, the, it's your fault I fell over. No, <laughs> I so didn't. I, I, I was not to blame. All I was going to do was an interview with Rory McIlroy. You were caddying. Anyway, we should probably stop bringing it up. Uh, but the bit, yeah, but the funny bit after was all, all obviously Twitter went mad, didn't it? And then all like Liam and all, all the, all Boys, the guys yeah, were taking yeah. the mickey. Going, oh no, Niall! And I was like, oh gosh, Kirsty, you idiot! Why did you do that? But no, it, we, it was, it is great. The tournament is great, Everybody. and you sparked up. Some brilliant friendships in golf with Rory, with yeah, Justin. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about the the friendships that you've yeah. grown. Just just through going to golf and being around some of the people that I know and like Mark Mack and his brother Paul. And we love they're, them. They're big in they're they're big in the golf world. They know they know everyone in golf. They grew up at Rosie at North Hands Golf Club. I know, yeah. So that's how I got to know Justin. Same with same with uh, Rory, and then we just became good friends. We've got similar interests. We like our all like our football. You know, we'll go for a couple of beers, have a bit mm. of dinner, play a bit of golf, um, and they're just mates of mine. But when I go and wa- when I go and watch them, mm. it's like I don't know them. No. I remember thinking that, like, I was watching Rosie there a few weeks ago, and he's walking down, he's got this serious face yeah. on, and he's strutting his stuff down the fairway. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't even know that fella. Like, that, that's not that's not the fella. I <laughs> that's know. The, not the Justin I know. <laughs> no, no. Um, but it's you know, it's amazing to watch what they're doing. Like Justin Rose has been consistently Incredible. the best golfer in the world for ten years, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he's, I don't think he's been outside the top 10 once. Um, what a great ambassador for golf as well, isn't he? He's, he's unbelievable. Everyone, when everyone watches him, they always go, oh, what a classy guy. What a, he really is. What like a great sport, you know, sportsmanship that he shows um, and stuff like that. And he's basically, you know him, he's, mm. he is that person on mm. and off the course. He's the greatest mm. man in the world. I love him. And with that, you obviously, I, I, I've hosted the, your last two events, the Horn and Rose mm. uh, for charity. Thank you. With, with oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> with, with Justin, of course, yep. being your uh, your other host. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about as well? I mean, I, I sort of know, but tell tell people how that came about. What you wanted to do there? Yeah, we wanted to do something to sort of give back. Um, the picking of the charity didn't take that long. You know, we both have, we, we all have someone that. We've lost uh, to cancer or someone that's had cancer. We all, sadly all know that. Um, Justin lost his dad to cancer and, and Kate lost a family parent as well. And, yeah. um, you know, I've had 
people in my family that have had cancer. So we want, and he's got kids. So we wanted to do some cancer research related. So there was cancer research came to us with the idea of doing the kids and teens side of the charity. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've over the years, I've done a lot of work with um, charities, you know, bringing kids to shows and going to see kids um, in hospitals and stuff like that. And it's the worst thing to see, but the most rewarding feeling knowing mm. that we can make, you know, for the last two nights, we've nearly raised two million quid. I was going to say two million pounds. Yeah, is, is which just is just fantastic, which is the least we can do is stick on a suit, turn up on a night, sing a few songs, you know, yourself and Justin do mm. your Q&A's and stuff like that. And that's that's the least we can do to try and help fund research for mm. for a great charity like that anyway so we go up to the grove in north of london and um we put on a, a, a great night i think um mm-hmm. we got an auction with some amazing prizes and you know ollie Murs performed the first year i performed the second mm-hmm. year rosie likes to get up when he when he sings slow hands <laughs> drunkenly um <laughs> we when we have we just that I, was brilliant i honestly like i go you know <laughs> we both go to some of them charity nights and they're great. They're great to be at, but there's something maybe because it's my own or whatever. But to be there on the night, is, but it's, it's relaxed, just, quite relaxed. Yeah, it is I quite think. relaxed, isn't it? And there's no real, you know, there's order, but it doesn't feel like there's order. Mm. And it's a it's a fantastic night. And as I said, we've raised you know close to two million pounds for charity. And fantastic. Thanks for being involved, Kirst. No, oh, pleasure. You're listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Right, Niall, before we go any further, it's time for you to take on the Hilton Quick Nine. Go. Right, go. Who would be in your dream four ball? Ooh, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and me. Best city you've ever visited? Tokyo. Love Tokyo. What a city. What's the first thing in your suitcase? My God, it's a <laughs> no-brainer every time. Number one album or modest client wins a tournament? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I take a number one album first, and then uh, shortly followed by... Guido winning the, the, the Kenyan Open. Favourite club in the bag? Uh, driver or like seven iron. I always try and give myself about 155, 160 in. Uh, one place on your bucket list, not Augusta, somewhere else. I would love to play Pebble Beach. Um, I've never played it and I would actually love to. People always say it's their favourite course in golf, so I would like to Beautiful course. Perform naked in front of a full house at Croke Park. Yeah. <laughs> or stand over the winning putt at a Ryder Cup. Can I stand over the win and put naked? <laughs> Who would you rather be stuck on a desert island with, Justin or Rory? Oh, this is horrible. Uh, We've had some good crack. Uh, I feel like Rory or Rosie would have a bit more patience. He he would construct a way of getting out of it. I know he would. You're going to go for him. Yeah, I'd stick with with, uh, Rosie on that. Okay. And which golfer could make it as a singer? None of them. They're all. um, Come on, you've got to. Oh, actually. Sergio. Henrik Stenson. Really? Yeah, I've heard him sing recently. Quite good. He sings a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Avicii being sung. Oh. Yeah, and the, the Swedish connection there, and it was very funny. We'll have to listen <laughs> up for that. It was he, funny. Yeah, I'll show you the video. Excellent. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. Do you get help from Justin or Rory on with, with golf, or actually technically? Do I'd they say, help you? I'd say Rosie's camera roll is just full of videos of me and golf <laughs> Because you go to the Bahamas, usually your little trip is after the Masters, yeah. which you love, I know that. Oh, it's great. It's brilliant. Like, we... And it's his chill-out as well, isn't it? Because yeah, it's, it's usually, it's like his, he needs to let off some steam and just where, relax where he lives his where, where he lives is behind, you know, in his own private area where some, some of the golfers live there, um, you know, Henrik Stenson and Adam Scott and... And they're they're all great guys. We actually played it around the golf a few weeks when I was there the last time, and we had a few beers, and we all went out. Oh, and, no, uh, <laughs> to, 
Justin Timberlake was there. We had a great time with him, and there was a, there was a team. There was like fourteen of us playing all in one group, and we were. That's what golf is about for me: getting large groups of people together, having a knock, having a few beers, having a bit of a laugh. And we played around the golf. We only got nine holes in. Um, oh, what happened? Nothing. Oh, sure. The sun went down. Or something like that. Um, we had a great laugh. Took I, rem- I remember standing around. We were in this group of fourteen. We were all me and Rosie were playing together, and they were paired off in twos. And I remember looking around, just going, oh. got "Henrik Stenson and Adam <laughs> Scott here, and Justin Rose. They were all major champions." <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got us beating it around the place, hitting it. it into ditches. It was all over the place, but great. there was a like, I mean, three of the best ball strikers on the planet as far as I'm concerned yeah um, watching them boys hit balls yeah no matter how drunk I was I still knew that was impressive <laughs> <laughs> oh no the camaraderie golf is a special I think obviously I'm going to say yeah. this I'm a bit you know yeah, it's in your family yeah. well it is but also it is nice to see how well they all get on the golfers yeah. and, and you know that fully from being at the Ryder Cup mm. and being quite involved in the team room as well <laughs> Hazel team yeah I'm trying Hazel to think team. how many you've been at yeah that's been Paris my second one too, yeah, too. Yeah, but that camaraderie is mm. special, isn't it? No, it's amazing. Like watching Sergio singing and Tommy and Ch- and Tommy. Francesco and all that. It's amazing. Like you don't you don't get to see them in team environments all the time. They're always trying to beat each other. That's my point. It's yeah. such a kind of yeah. It's it, there's such you know yeah. They're trying to beat each other. Really selfish game in in many ways. And Literally. suddenly they're playing. They're coming together. It's it's interesting what makes a good Ryder Cup player though because they yeah. have to. Be able to do that switch literally yeah, into okay. I've got to help you out. I'm not gonna. I'm not up, up against you this week. It's it's interesting when you think about it. Like I was thinking about it. Rosie wins the, the last two Ryder Cups have been at. Rory wins the FedEx Cup, and then the last one, Ro- Rosie wins it. Mm. So they go straight from mm. winning a check that they've been trying to beat everyone That's for right. a year to 24 hours later they're in Paris trying to win the Ryder Cup exactly. as part of a team. Um, to have that switch in your brain of, mm. of being able to do that mm. is pretty impressive they're they're impressive guys and they're good lads and watching as you say watching them come together for the Ryder Cup is pretty cool I love the Ryder mm-hmm. Cup it is brilliant it's isn't it? and so obviously there are lots of famous people that play golf and mm. love golf actors etc um who is the funniest or best what was the, the best experience of somebody that you've played with or played against yeah we, we, we I play in the they have a celebrity match at the Ryder Cup every year the day before it starts um and I played in the last two. We played a Hazeltine and I played a Paris. Myself and Paul O'Connell, Irish rugby mm. player, Paul O'Connell, we mm-hmm. played against Bill Murray in um, oh my gosh. in Paris, which was or in Hazeltine, which was hilarious. I've when never, he is hilarious. I've never met anyone funnier. He just has the whole crowd at his, at his feet and everyone loves him. He could literally be the president if he wanted to yeah. do a better job. <laughs> um, and he's just a, the funniest guy and the nicest guy and... Had the crowd in stitches all day, and you know his association with golf and Caddyshack and all that. It's just, yeah, golf fans love him. He plays great. in a lot of the pro-ams, yeah. doesn't he? He's a good crowd pleaser. Everyone loves him. He's so funny. Um, who else have I played with? Myself and Jamie Dornan beat uh, Michael Phelps yeah. and Nick Jonas in Paris. That's right. Jamie Dornan loves his golf. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, he's more obsessed with golf than he is his, his <laughs> acting. I think he goes everywhere. Me and, me he's and always he plays played with all our friends, isn't he? He's, he's you know, he's always out on the course. Well, me and him live near each other in Los Angeles, and we play most weeks together. <laughs> we're we're a good little team, to be fair. He's what's, very, he, what's he playing off now? Uh, he probably plays off about eleven, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, he's yeah. just had another. He's just had another baby. You, get, <laughs> you can't expect him to be out all the time. Um, and that was a good laugh. And. I play with, in Los Angeles. I play with uh, Justin Timberlake. He's he's a really good golfer. He's yeah. probably off one or two. But he's a proper proper player. Um, 
yeah, there's a few boys that are really good, but mm. I mean, if we all didn't have our own jobs, we'd be a little bit more addicted. Yeah. I don't know how I could get more addicted to no. golf, but uh, I know. Because you take your bag everywhere, don't you? Oh, uh, the clubs. Go. There's always a suitcase and a set of clubs with me, yeah. Everywhere I go, I have to. And you get so excited with new, because I saw on your Instagram, <laughs> with you opening a new golf golf shoes or new something. It's like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Favourite day ever. No, I love I have a golf equipment. Uh, no, I love all the new clubs and the head covers and all sorts. Uh, which is, yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a guy, I can't talk You're a golf nut. Yeah, I'm a golf weirdo. quite frankly. That's it. So obviously the question everybody wants to know is, is what is your handicap now? I'm playing off nine at the moment. I haven't played in a while, so I'm actually probably playing off 12. Um, but I'm, I have a bit of time now in the next few weeks where I'm going to try and get my handicap down and really focus on it over the summer, yeah. And when you, you know, obviously you have access to all these uh, brilliant golfers, major winners... Justin, Rory, etc. You know, golf lesson wise, mm-hmm. do you do you? I know when you see these guys, you have a golf lesson. Yeah. But do you also get tips on your phone? And do they? Do you ever go? Oh, I'm having a struggle with this. Yeah. How yeah. does it work? They know that I know the ins the, in, the ins and outs of a golf swing, so I can if I can explain to them what I'm struggling with. So I'll text Rosie. I'll send him a video or something. Oh really? Yeah, and then he'll he'll say you need to work on your right hand and coming inside or whatever. Blah. So I, I know what I need to do once I hear it, but it's unbelievable to have. The two boys at the end of the phone. Access to being that. able to get these uh, these tips. Um, I mean, it's money can't buy stuff, really, and you know, uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. But I mean, before I met Rosie, I was an average golfer. Like I was hitting it everywhere. I was had this big massive cut that no one ever liked the look of. And then I spent a bit a bit of time with Rosie, and he's one time when we went away, and he really fine tuned all of my problems, and. Um, half decent so it's all because of him really yeah brilliant brilliant and let's just talk about some other other things that you're doing yeah. and that i'm doing actually obviously um dermot o'leary and i do soccer aid right. which is brilliant i can't wait to get back and you're back playing yeah which is brilliant because obviously you had a bit of a knee injury you had to kind of oh, well you're busy as well funny yeah, enough busy and i've got gummy in, knees <laughs> well and you've got a slightly gummy knee uh <laughs> knees now yeah. um are you excited about soccer aid? Yeah, I love Stamford Bridge. Yeah, around the corner from me, it's brilliant. Uh, Stamford Bridge, Chelsea's been a big part of my life. I was a, my knee injury was horrific. I went to had to have like I basically had a knee reconstruction at twenty years old. Because um, you were playing was, to a good standard, weren't you then? I was good. all right, you know. I was doing, I was doing playing good enough. But then <laughs> I went to uh, Chelsea to do my rehab for my. Mm-hmm. for my knee before I went on tour and I spent every day for five months with the players and at the training ground with the manager and yeah and it was it was a really tough time but having Chelsea to go to was insane yeah. so to go back to Stamford Bridge and I I used to go to training there on a Friday night and yeah I sound like I played for Chelsea for 40 years but <laughs> it's a pretty like it feels was, like that that. That, was, that was a tough time like I mean my knee was horrific oh, so to come back yeah. from that and have Chelsea there and know the boys JT just announced he's playing John Terry no, it's going to be well. great I saw that yeah it's going to be a great laugh Didier Drogba Dro- me and amazing. Drogba amazing Lylehorn and, and Drogba up front sounds it's great so what, good, what a it? team honestly. it is too good honestly if JT sees me he's going to break me up <laughs> I'll come running at him I'll run out of the way I'm not going near him oh. uh, but it'll be a great it's, it's always a great week you know it's a mm. chance for like us to be you know to be professional footballers for a week you know you get your kit laid out at a training ground every day and you know you stay in a hotel together yeah. you do meetings and have 
nights in at yeah. the, the bar or whatever. And it's just a bit, it's like the best stag do I was ever at. Yeah. So. It is. It is like a glorified stag do. And obviously, uh, women are coming and spoiling the party, which it's, is amazing. They're not spoiling. We're going to have a Rachel great Yankee. She can't wait. Um, no, it's going to be huge. That's that's another big thing. It's the biggest charity football game there is, and to have have the girls in on it as yeah. well, it's, it's going to be a great. Laugh. And how lovely we're able to say that today when we're talking about your golf mm. event in the summer and women and men being, you know, playing on a par. Yeah, it's a pun. <laughs> I mean, it's twenty nineteen. Prize money, etc. Yeah, but isn't that brilliant though? No, nah, it's huge. It's like this is what this is what we all want. It needs it needs to happen. Uh, it's just it's taking its time to happen. But we're here now, and it's going to be. Soccer is going to be successful, and for that reason, and so is uh, our our event in Ireland. So it's like it's it's a good time to be involved in women's sport. I think. Yeah, obviously, it's very exciting that the British Open this year is at Port Rush. Mm -hmm. Do you know it well? I've played it once. It is apart from Augusta, it's the best golf course I've ever played. It's um, the scenery, the setting is some of the best I've seen on the island. Um, It's beautiful. The course is in unbelievable shape the Mm -hmm. year round, Mm -hmm. and when it when it Blows a gust up there. It's one of the tougher courses you can play, um, but it's going to be amazing to watch. Just big major champion championships coming to the, the island of Ireland is is amazing, and uh, they definitely chose the right course there. It's mm. it's it's epic and it's going to be unbelievable. I don't know if you know this, but Rory shot the course course record there sixty two when he was fourteen years old. I did know that, and but he still holds it. Incredible! So that is it would incredible. Uh, it would be unbelievable to to see him do it, and he's from about half an hour up the road. That's right. And of course, golf participation in Ireland in general is yeah. is on the up. Yeah. It's the highest it's been. It's I mean, that that is something, isn't it? it, it like uh, when people were saying, you know, golf is in a lull. You know, it's not doing as well. I always used to think it's not not at home. <laughs> like in Ireland, it's it's always been big. I remember going to I went to watch the European what was it called the European Open. I think it was called mm. at the time, and it was at the K Club. I was probably about ten, and I remember thinking the crowds were huge even then. Mm. I guess we had some big players playing in it, but like golf has always been pretty solid in Ireland. Yeah. Um, don't think we've ever had any problems with it. We've always had a good, you know, level on on, yeah. the, on the tour with Shane and Paul McGinley and Harrington and That's right. Clarkey and Rory and all the like, G Mac and all sorts. <laughs> um, so it's always been pretty strong in Ireland. Same can be said for Scotland and and the British Isles in general. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. it's always had a big turnout for for tournaments. I mean, look at Southport this week, last week. Um, I think there was like Keith was saying there was like seventy or eighty thousand through yeah, the gates of the British Masters, and um, so it's it's a good time for golf and golf in general. I think. I think it is, and with Tiger obviously coming back and winning, I think the landscape is is pretty good, isn't it? In 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 the world, you know, if Tiger's doing well, the whole world's watching it. Um, so hopefully he can kick on now from here and and, and challenge every week. Yeah, that'd be great, <laughs> be great, wouldn't it? And just finally, music-wise, what's happening? Are you? Yeah. I'm, wor- I'm working. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I've been You're always working. I've been doing some heavy, heavy writing. I've been in the studio every day since probably October. I've mm. probably written about sixty songs. Mm. And uh, you're still enjoying it. I love it. Yeah, I couldn't get sick of that. Um, and I will probably release something towards the end of the year. I'd like to think. I'm just trying to fine tune a few bits, record some extra vocals, and then I I should be ready to go. But I'm feeling mm. very happy with what I've got. And because uh, you always tell me so, I'm gonna have some time off, and Mark's always say, "Yeah, he's gonna have some time off," and then it's like he's fully in the studio again. Literally, fully, I finished you the can't tour. Stop in, it! I finished the tour in September, and by the second week of October, I, I was already writing the album. I'm like, all oh, right, so you're back on it again, yeah? Yeah, it's hard not to do. It's kind of it's addictive, you know. You just, I mean, it's as e- it's easy for me to sit down and write a song. You know, I just sit there and in my house or sit at the piano mm. in the house or pick up a guitar, and I just I love doing it. So why not? Um, 
But yeah, it's been it's been a f- now it's time to just chill for a few weeks because I've been going really hard, working really hard. Want to get the golf game back in shape and uh, Play a bit chill of out. Yeah, but I need to get fit for that. The old, <laughs> my old uh, right knee's not doing me any favors, but I've been playing a bit of five side in Los Angeles and ready to go again. I wanna I wanna be fit for this game because trying to run around a pitch like that when you haven't played football in a couple of years is not fun. No, no, I don't. Well, um, mm. brilliant to speak to you as ever. You too, I love you, Kirsty. Oh, thanks, uh, Mel. Thanks brilliant. for having me. Thanks for listening to the Life on Tour podcast presented by Hilton. You can get in touch via Twitter and Instagram at European Tour using the hashtag Life on Tour or on Facebook. Subscribe now and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts.